All right. Well, I will move on to our word for today. Now, with everything going on, and I wanted my youth here to have a chance as we celebrated graduations all across the nation. You know, then when I saw that from uh, Pastor, uh, Pastor Baylor from the SDA, the SDA church with the children's hour, I said, wow. You know what, Father? You're telling me to break this thing down into not just layman's terms, but so that anybody can get it, you know, with the justice, with the truth. And as we talk about, or as you hear all over the place, you know, black lives matter, no white lives matter, no Jews matter, no this person matters, and this race matters. It's like, it, it, it makes my heart a little saddened because... Racism is not something we're born with, okay? It, it has to be taught. As I know, as a child, some of my best friends were Caucasian, Indian. I'm like, to me, as a child, their skin color didn't matter. So I have to ask, where does it come from? Where does it come from? So I know that I can't look at another individual and say, are you teaching your children in your home to dislike someone because of the color of their skin? I would hate to look at my neighbors and think that inside their homes, they are teaching their children to dislike me or anyone else because of the color of my skin. So, as Pastor just said, it's a spirit. We've got to dig deep and we need to take authority and uproot it and uproot it. So as people are marching all over the place and even the marches are getting discombobulated, you know, but you have one thing here and one thing there and then at, at the tail end of it, here comes something else. That spirit has no right in our hearts or and our homes. In the body of Christ. Yes. So let's look towards John 4 and 9. Because, you know, we always hear about the good Samaritan, right? When the, when the gentleman was down and out, he was injured, he was hurt. And all these people with titles walked past him. We always hear that. All these people with titles, these people that call themselves Christians, these people that even call themselves workers in the Christian atmosphere, meaning Pharisees that can quote scripture better than you and I, they can say it in their sleep, but yet when they saw this man because of the way he may have looked, they judged him by his appearance. I'm not even talking about skin color because he was supposed to be one of theirs. But they still judged him by the way he looked. So how many times, I know we may be driving someplace and we'll see the homeless people and we'll say bums. You know, we'll see the homeless people on the side of the road and they may have a sign up, right? And you may read the sign or sometimes you may not even read the sign. You'll just look at how they're dressed. And you may say, is this a ploy? I know because I, 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 our senses 
come up and you know sometimes the discernment to say okay I, i'm going to give to them and as a christian they're going to do whatever they're going to do with it but i'm sowing this seed into them or their family but sometimes we will not even wind down that window because we're looking at them and we're judging them and we're saying if i give them something they're going to reach in our car and do something to us you know so a lot of times we don't know or you may have just given to the person at the other corner so then you're like, I'm sorry, I don't have it today. You know, so how many times have we been judgmental there and walked on past that person that was truly in need? So they talk about the good Samaritan that after everybody passed, he stopped. He stopped, he helped the man, gave him a place to stay and paid it forward. You know, he, in other words, he paid my rent. Right? If, if he paid my rent for me when I did not have it. But I don't want to focus on the Good Samaritan today. If you've already dived into John 4 and 9, you'll see where I'm going. Because the Jews and the Samaritans have been feuding for a while now. I mean, if, if I know a lot of times we laugh at it about the, uh, what is it on the Beverly Hillbillies? You got the, the two families. What What's the family's names that have been feuding for, for a while? The McCoys. Yeah, the McCoys and what is it, the Hancocks or whatever? The Hatfields, right? They've been feuding so long. If you stop and ask them what that feud is about, could they tell you? They just know they don't like each other. Right? They just know they can't intermarry with one another. They just know that granddaddy told granddaddy and, and somebody says something and they don't like each other. <laughs> so, let's go to the Jews and the Samaritans. Because, one, are their skin colors any different? Hmm. Did they really share a different land? Hmm. I know during Bible study, we even talked about Cain and Abel. Then we went on down in their lineage. And then we ended up with Abraham with his seeds with Isaac and Ishmael. Now they had the same father who worshipped the same father that you and I worship today. So how is it that those nations from those two brothers, half brothers because they had a different mother but the same father, father. that they are yes. feuding today yes. over yes. land and it has dwelled down into our spirits into our daily living that now we have the nation of Islam and now we have the Jews in Israel and now we have us the Christians and for whatever reasons, we're all worshiping the same God, but they have taken their ideology and they've picked and chosen within their ideology what they're going to believe in, who they're going to worship, and who they're not. But again, I say, we all have the same Father. Amen. So if I walk up to my Muslim brother whether he's my same skin color or not, because you know when you go over to their homeland, they all kind of look like me. They may not be as dark as I am, but they all kind of look like me because there's no way where they live that they can't be like me. I like the heat. <laughs> and they live in the heat. 
these were made up to be in the heat, but I'm not going to digress there. What I want to drive home is whether they believe in the Holy Trinity or not, they believe in our Father. So who is it up to to tell them about the glory of God and the Holy Spirit and the Son and the Father being as one? If I shut down because they try to drill their ideology into me and I don't know my word, then I am going to be what? Susceptible of believing that what they say is true and not knowing because they tell me they believe in God. I never get to the point to hear them say, but they don't believe that Jesus was the son of God and that he died and rose for us. I don't let them get to that point because they kind of like hide it from me. They'll give me their Quran and try to tell me how much their Quran is better or similar to the Bible. But they never get to the point. And by then, you brainwash because they can talk about God and they can talk about how they love us, the black people or the black nation, and how we should be doing this and doing that because they're being like the Pharisees. They're holding up that word and saying, I'm right. This is what we're doing. We're living our lives right. We don't believe in this and we don't believe in that. And, and I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a warrior. You know, and they give you all that good stuff. But they're leaving out the principle that our Christian faith or that our foundation stands on. So even with, what's the other group that comes to your door? You know, whether it be the witness, Jehovah Witness, or whether it be the Mormons, or whether it be the Latter-day Saints, or whomever. You know, when they come to your door, we're not looking at their color of their skin. We're looking at what they present. Ask them what they believe in. And don't be rude and shut them off. L listen to them. Let them talk. Because if you let them talk, then you say, okay, now may I speak. And then you share with them your word. You share with them your faith and your beliefs, just like they just came to your door and did. Or while they're at your door, say, oh, no, open dialect, right? You came to my home. So now let me share my love and my generosity with you and my God and my brother, the one to whom I believe in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So in John 4, 9, we see that Jesus went to the well. But before he went to the well, he deliberately sent the disciples away. So they went to the store, right? It's like, okay, we're all walking together, all, all how many of us, all 10 of us today, we're all here together. But I see, or I know that I'm supposed to, I have an assignment. So I see this person over to the side, and I say, okay, you guys, don't wait for me. Y'all go ahead. I'm going to be okay. But I need to stop for a minute. All right. I need to make this little stop here. You all go ahead to the grocery store and we'll meet back here where, where we are right now. I had to let you go because what my mission is, is for a greater purpose. And if you are not in alignment 
with what my mission is, then if I take, let me go back to Jesus. If he took the disciples with him, they may have been so hung up on, why are you talking to her? What you going down and talk to her for? You know we don't talk to them. The Samaritans, right? They would have been so hooked up on or caught up on what he was not supposed to do, then they would have not been on one accord when he went to do what he was being sent to do. In other words, if I take all y'all with me, y'all may run y'all mouth too much and you just mess up the whole thing. When I'm going down here to save a soul and tell her about the father and tell her about you talking to the living water. Do you realize who you're talking to? Well, let me tell you. So see, he had to let the disciples go because they were not in a space where they could receive this woman from another nationality. Now, I can't say whether their skin colors were any different, but I just know she was of a different nationality, right? So, and then for them to be at the well that they were at. Do we realize or do we understand the significance of the well? That was Jacob's well. Do we remember the story about Jacob? Joseph. Bless Jacob with that well. And if we remember, Joseph had how many sons? By sisters, right? But again, here we go. The division within the family. But he had blessed him. His father had blessed him with that well. And everybody went to the same well. Even though this woman had to come in the heat of the day, because everybody else went in the mornings, you know. They say, oh, you're going to do yard work? Do it before the sun comes out, right? Oh, you're going to go walking or running? Do it before the sun comes out, right? Everybody else went to the well before the heat of the day, meaning early in the morning. This woman, even though she lived in the same town, she did not go in the early mornings. Why? Because her own kind treated her so bad so therefore she chose to wait till the heat of the day so she wouldn't have to take those other women's flack because instead of them embracing her they talked about her instead of them trying to heal her from the life in which she was living they had shunned her, treated her like an outcast. So instead of her going to the well to be bothered with them, she chose to go in the heat of the day. But look at this blessing that she received for going when she went. So would someone read John 4 and 9? Then said the woman of Samaria, unto him how is it that thou being a Jew access drink of me which am a woman of Samaria mm-hmm. for the Jews have no dealing with the Samaritans <laughs> no dealings Amen. no dealings 
And again, I say because of what? Because of a hatred that had been brought upon them so many years ago that, and nine times out of ten, I mean, I won't just say mainly out of land, over land, but their way of living had started to be, it's like, you live this way and I live that way. Now I've had a Muslim roommate and I think we lived together just fine. We didn't, you know, she, we didn't try to, you know, we, we would have our conversations, but we didn't try to push our religions or our way of living on each other. So why is it that these are seeds of, now we say Jacob, right? That they are living so far apart that they actually have hatred. And when you look back, it's all stemming from one bloodline. Amen. One bloodline. One bloodline. But yet they have grown so far apart. So now I want to share a story with you. And this is on facial recognition. And I, I picked this up because I was listening to T.D. Jakes, Bishop T.D. Jakes one day, and he made it so crystal clear. I had never even thought about it like this. Do you all realize, or did you realize when Facebook had stopped doing the facial recognition? You know, one time, every time you would, if you if you are on Facebook, you know, every time you would go on there and you post a picture, boom, it will put the block on somebody's name and say, is this so-and-so? You know, and then, and then all of a sudden, it stopped. And I don't remember if they sent one a policy out to tell us why it stopped, but Bishop Jakes made it very clear. Well, one, it was privacy. Uh, and that's the government, you know. One, it was privacy because it was tracking you. And they were tracking you without your knowledge or without your consent. But two, what I later learned is the engineers that built that program for the facial recognition did not look like me. And I'm not talking female, okay? They did not look like me. So when they designed this, I don't want to say robot, but this program to go out and get facial recognition, for some reason, it could not properly recognize you and I. Because we come in all shapes, colors, sizes, and complexions. So it could not recognize you and I. And what I found so amazing was, true story, one day someone put a picture of my oldest son, who is not on Facebook, put a picture of him on my Facebook page, because he had been somewhere, and they wanted to share the picture with me. Do you know that that facial recognition tagged him with my name? Now, I'm going to tell you, that's how good that facial recognition is, right? Because I don't think we look that much alike. But it tagged him with my name. And that made me think, wow, do we all look alike? Hmm. <laughs> all right. So they had to shut it down because they realized, one, they did not have consent, and two, 
it wasn't doing such a good job at all. <laughs> but again, that's leading to media and where we are today. With the media, the media will carry you where they want you to be without your consent. And they are changing the concept of your story of where you are or what you are engaging in without your consent. But the media is leading the way in what we think, what we see, and then what we say. Because they'll show you a snapshot of something and then you will comment on it and then your comment will flow to somebody else. Just like back to the well now. Because by the time Jesus got finished with that woman at the well, what did she do? She took that word and she went and told, she didn't go to the women. She went to the men, right? And we Another topic, another story, another day. But she went to the men and she said, guess who I met? The power of, and that was their media back then word right the power of the tongue she took that message took it back to the men and at first they tried to play her off and say oh what are you talking about woman you know but then they had to come and see for themselves the power of the tongue now i could go on further with studies and reveal reveal the countless times of modern parallels of the jews and this is also something that I received out of the study Bible, the Word and Life Study Bible, New Testament edition. I go on, but further studies reveal that there are countless modern parallels in the Jewish Samaritan enmity. Indeed, whenever people are divided by racial and ethnic barriers, perhaps that's why the Gospels and the Acts provide so many instances of Samaritans coming into contact with the message of Jesus. In it, it's not the person from the radically different culture on the other side. Listen up now. It is not the person from the radically different culture on the other side of the, of the world that is hardest to love. Now, let me break that down. It's not the person of the other culture. Remember I said I had a, a roommate that was Muslim. It's not the person of the other culture <clears throat> that stops us. <clears throat> all right. That stops us from loving one another. But the nearby neighbor whose skin color, language, rituals, values, ancestry, history, and customs are different from one owns life. In other words, I can love somebody of another culture, but how do I love my neighbor that lives right across the street and they may be of another da 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 da, everything that I just mentioned, another color, another language, another ritual, have different values, different ancestry. Do I love them 
the same and they live right across the street do i even go speak to them and they live right across the street because they are of a different culture so jews had no dealings with the samaritans so i asked who do you have dealings with okay now in a fraternity i can belong or i can be considered a comrade and as a comrade that's a companion and we all share one like fellowship or organization as a comrade but then as a colleague i can work with people and we are all normally around the same pay grade we have sometimes the same common goals but we're all there in that place together, right? And then as a constituent, we're all serving a common purpose made up of a common component. But with each one, with the comrade, it's a fraternity made up of different ethnicities. Yes. But when we come together, we all share one common goal, right? As a colleague, they're all made up of, and I have no say-so over it, different ethnicities. But we all come to the job. We work in the same office. We may socialize just a little bit, right? But I have no say-so over it. So to get the job done, we all gel, right? Because we got to get the job done. And you notice that colleagues are normally friends at work, but they're not always necessarily friends at home. It stays at work. That's, a, you know, with a colleague. And then with a constituent, that's a little closer because a constituent has a com- is a component of something. I Meaning I'm a constituent of Azusa House Fellowship. I'm a component or a part of Azusa House Fellowship. But do I tend to be a component or a part of the fraternity or the, the workplace? I may be a part of it because that's where I have to be to co-mingle to get the job done. And co-mingling, whether they're black or white, male or female, but we're there to get the job done. But as a constituent, that's a little closer to home, which means now we are a makeup of Foursquare, all right, that dwells in, that believes in internationally brothers and sisters of all walks of life, of all ethnic backgrounds. We are a component of, and that means it is our job as that constituent, that component of, to roll our sleeves up and figure out, dig deep and figure out where this injustice that we're dealing with today is coming from so that the church can stand and they can stand and no other, regardless of your race, regardless of your makeup, because as a certain, as I look at it and I say, I'm a child of God, when I say that I'm a part of Foursquare, that component, that constituent, that's a child of God, I am all three, the comrade, the colleague, the constituent, but the main one is the constituent, and I share activities with my fellow comrades to support and bring increase I'm a colleague, a colleague as I'm an equal, and I share common goals with others, like-minded with duties assigned. I'm a constituent 
as I serve to compose or make up a thing which is a part of one international race called the human race. So we can be of all walks of life, all parts of the world, but all have one thing in common. That is the love of God. Regardless of what color I am, it's the love of God. And I'm proud to say that being a child of God has helped me to learn to love my siblings and look at them to not see their skin color, but to look deeper and to be able to see their hearts. So as a part of Foursquare, a constituent of that component, it is for each one of us to dig deeper and be able to look past somebody's skin color and look at their heart. And as I said, whatever they may bring to your door, or bring to your desk, let them speak. Do not turn a deaf ear, but pray that they will do the same for you so that when they're finished, you will have the opportunity to share about your Lord and Savior and the one race, the human race. Yes. In Jesus' name, I pray and I thank you and I pray that somebody will receive something out of that message. We are one race, the human race. And it is our job to love as Jesus loved. He is our brother and we are all siblings. And as we read our Bible, somewhere in that lineage between Adam and Eve, we all came here, regardless of how all those tribes have divided themselves. We are all kings and queens. We are siblings of the one God. Amen. All right. Amen. 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 So, Sister Flo, Pastor. That's a powerful word. Amen. And that's something that this is the season that we're dealing with issues of the heart. Amen. Because it has to be a heart change mind and I thank God for that word because the Bible teaches us amen that neither Jew nor Greek nor bond nor free nor male nor female hello somebody nor white nor black but we're all one in Christ Jesus we need amen. not to ask I'm going to have to ask her who's our dead we know who our daddy is, Father God. And I, I thank God for, you know, because I like genealogy. And we're all searching for our roots. Amen. And Ancestor.com and Heritage, uh, whatever, all these uh, uh, programs that we're looking at today. But regardless of where we're coming from, we are truly of one race. And that is, as she said, the human race. Amen. Amen. The human race. Don't look. We always say don't judge a book by its cover. Amen. That's 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 very that's being very shallow and that's being very ignorant. Amen. Amen. And we need 
to understand. Amen. Let me read this one scripture over in the book of Acts, the, uh, give me one second here, Acts 17, 20, you know, we have, many of us have to dig and go back into Ancestry.com to find out this one thing. <laughs> Amen. And on the cross, the, the Jesus let him know he didn't do the will of his father, which is in heaven, is his brother, his sister. Acts 17 and 25, 26. 26. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and has made a what? One blood. All nations. One blood. Hello. One blood of all nations of men for the dwelling on the face of the earth. Do your Bible agree? Yes, it does. On earth. One blood. Amen. And the life is in the blood. And it's the, and we have to realize that. And we as men and women of God, we have to be different from the world. We cannot conduct ourselves as the world. Of one, our citizenship is in heaven. We're of, of one blood. We're not, we can't be ignorant. Amen. We are all of one blood. And regardless of how we look on the outside, amen, is what's on the inside. And when we are in the body of Christ, we are to unite. There's neither Jew nor Greek. Jesus said, how can you love me? Who you, God said, how can you love me who you never seen and hate your brother who you see daily? Think about it. Amen. Mm -hmm. This is the time where the church, we are first responders. We are to bring the bring the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. We are to, and, and listen, a lot of the younger generation, the millennials and all, they're doing it better than some of the older generations. Amen. As you see them out there protesting, as you were talking about when we were little children, we played with whites, we played with children, we played with all kinds of people. And children are doing that today. And all. Racism is taught. Racism is a spirit. And it's in the black house as well as in the white house. Hello. Amen. Because I can remember some of my aunts and family members, they talk hatred. And all. And one thing we have to do is learn to forgive and, and begin to communicate. I'm so grateful for the word that came forth today, amen. Mm -hmm. Dr. Daniel, you've done an awesome job, mm -hmm. amen. And let's, let's walk it out, amen. Let's walk it out. Amen. Let's be the light in a dying world. Let's make a difference. Let us communicate. 
Amen. Know who we are. Amen. And whose we are. Amen. Amen. And Christ Jesus. So we're so grateful. We're so thankful for all that. For those who are on the line, we thank God for the best parts. Amen. Mike and Sierra, we acknowledge you. And the other two, I just see two phone numbers. Amen. But I thank God for the phone numbers. Do we have any visitors? And if we have any visitors, would you care to, to say your name at least so that we can properly greet you and welcome you? Hello, everybody. Hello. All right. You're unmuted if you'd like to say anything. If not, then we pray that there was something shared today that was a blessing and that you will come back again and fellowship with us. Again, we shared, and it is on our Facebook page, for prayer, Bible study, and Sunday worship. All right. We just get a name if you knew. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to play our theme song. Excuse me, I
wants more valuable than gold, and that's food. So I'm proud to be standing in front of a bunch of shells of incredible survival. Say it's wrong, then I'll say no. If you say release, I'm. 
Should I say weekly touch-ups? Okay. So, Pastor, would you say a closing prayer? Amen. Father, we are so grateful. We are so thankful for the time that you have called us. God, we thank you for each and every one that's on the line. We pray a blessing upon them. We pray, God, for spirit to, your spirit to lead us. Oh, God, our steps are ordered by you. God, I pray a blessing upon each house, upon each family, the baby will care or carry. God, we thank you for each and every one of us. We thank you for the word on today. God, we pray, God, that it will go deep within our hearts and to transform our lives. I pray in the name of Jesus. God, I pray for an increase within the Zusa House Fellowship, God, that you will add and multiply, oh God, that you will bring others and laborers and that we will make disciples. God, we pray for those who are broken. God, use us to bring them in. I pray in the name of Jesus. Bless those who are tithing, who are giving and sowing in Zusa House ministry and other ministries. God, I pray, God, that you will bless them a hundredfold. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will speak to them. I pray, God, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you. Dismiss us from this time, but not from your presence. Bring us back at the time upon it, we pray. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. and amen.